0: This episode of Running Down the Clock is brought to us by Busy Bee Vegan Skincare. Busy Bee is an all natural skincare line dedicated to healthy, vegan, plant based skincare and overall wellness. They offer a selection of handcrafted body scrubs, butters, and washes that not only make your skin glow, but smell amazing. Their unique all natural scents include gingerbread, ruby grapefruit, caramel cake, and morning latte. So why not treat your skin to something fresh and all-natural? Head over to ShopBusyBeeVegan.com today. And as a special bonus, Busy Bee is offering listeners of this podcast a 15% discount on your first order with the code ORDINARY PODCASTS. Welcome to Running Down the Clock, where we break down all of this week's big news, events, and controversies from the National Football League. Over the next 45 minutes, we will give you basic fan perspective and opinion on the most important stories and moments happening now. So, let's start the clock. Hello, football fans. Welcome back to Running Down the Clock. I have Puya Ricey here with me. We're going to talk NFC South tonight. Puya, how are you?
1: Great. How are you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing very well, thank you. NFC South, for those of you who don't know, are Bucks, Panthers, Falcons, Saints. And when we talk NFC South now, over the last two years, we have to talk about the one, the only, the GOAT, Tom Brady, probably the best player in the division. Puya. So,
1: you know, there was the whole thing about the retirement, not retired. I've got, you know, tinfoil hat conspiracy theory about that if you're ready for it.
0: I'm Of course I'm ready for it. Let me start this 45 minute timer we have for this show and let's get into it.
1: So we all know that Tom Brady retired. There was that brief moment. I don't know. It was two weeks, three weeks, whatever it was, 30 days. He was retired for. Yep. The whole story behind that was one of the guys in his camp leaked it out and he was just betrayed by that. Right.
0: That is the story coming out is that somebody, either his friend or his family or someone in his inner circle leaked it out to the to someone else in the press, either via a golf game or dinner or something casual like that, yes.
1: And, you know, that's a big blow to him. That was his legacy. That was his right to share that information, right?
0: Absolutely, yeah. You, When you have a retirement with someone like him with his status, you want to make it something that you do properly, something that is a lasting impression on how you left the game.
1: Yeah. And they took that away from him. And I yeah. think the competitive guy he is, he's only coming back to take that that away from whoever leaked it, that you can't have that. I'm Tom Brady. I'm the one that chooses how to do that.
0: So you think he's coming back specifically to spite that guy and not win another Super Bowl?
1: Well, I think the winning the Super Bowl is always in contention when he's playing. If he's going to play, he's playing to to win the Super Bowl. I'm not saying it's not about the Super Bowl, but I think one of the decisions of him coming back was that now, this is based off nothing except my own feelings about spiting people,
0: of course. And but let's say this again because this is our first or second episode. Well, it depends on which one we do first AFC South or NFC South. But let's just say that Puya and I do not know anything about anything except we watch football and we are fans of it, so don't expect any expert analysis from us going forward. But Puya, so you think that just based on human emotion and our interpretation of sports and how we've played sports and our lives, that this could be something that Tom Brady would think because someone took this moment away from him. So he's going to come back for another year, which maybe he might've been 50, 50 to do with anyways.
1: Yeah. I I just don't, he doesn't want to lose. He never wants to lose.
0: That's what makes him the best player in the NFL. And maybe one of the top five athletes of all time is his competitive drive. I've always
1: thought this about Tom Brady. He's not the most skilled quarterback. He doesn't actually have any key features in the game for like skill sets for a quarterback that puts him above anybody else. He is good at one specific skill set, which is the objective of football is winning the game. That's what Tom Brady is best at, finding a way to win the game. Yeah, Yeah. He views it the full full four quarters. He doesn't panic up one play throw the entire game away. He understands the game so well that his skill set is knowing how to win
0: the game. I agree with you. Uh, he probably has the highest football IQ of anyone that's played the NFL game that that we can think of because he is the best. I would say Aaron Rodgers probably has the best arm in the NFL right now, but Tom Brady has that that eyesight, that the talent to win games, the drive to win games, the, the ability that is not a God-given talent it's more so just his vision and his ability to see open guys see the place his study time all of that alludes to why he is able to make these these incredible wins and and continue this success even with different teams
1: yeah once broke this down for me the way the Patriots did the games like you look at their records in the Super Bowl how they've never led into halftime or something with with Tom Brady playing there, there's some wild stat that they're always losing or trailing or zeroes going into halftime or the, into the second quarter. They're never, they come out later in the lead. It's because he understands the clock management so well that he's not just throwing balls away. He'll just get rid of it. If that pass isn't there right when it needs to be, doesn't try and extend the play, he understands, we'll just maintain possession now or we'll kick it away and give them bad field uh, position, and we will live to play the rest of the game. Doesn't yeah. make a bad turnover. Like That's the whole idea behind it.
0: And he also doesn't throw. A lot of times you see when someone needs to make a play, they look for a big arm and they go deep. He does not do that. He finds an open guy on a cut or a cross or someone that's going to get a 7 to 10, maybe 15-yard throw and then turn it for another 15, 20 yards instead of a 40-yard throw where a guy gets kind of tackled or goes out of bounds right away.
1: Yeah, just doing enough to stay in the game.
0: And I'll reiterate again, probably the best football player that's ever played the game. And so obviously this is why we're talking about him first. We're leading up with him now looking at his wide receiver core, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they just signed Julio Jones, who we talked about Tennessee last year being garbage. Julio Jones was garbage with Tennessee last year. And do you think that Julio with the knowledge and the book study and the film study and the other wide receivers in that uh, dressing room, that training room, do you think he could have a resurgence in Tampa Bay?
1: I think that Tom Brady knows he's so familiar with the players in the NFL. I think he knows how to get the best out of whatever he's got left in the tank to offer.
0: I would agree with how that statement.
1: How much Leo Jones has left in the tank, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, he, his name never came up in Tennessee last year.
0: No, never. It was. It was. He was either hurt or he just didn't have a great game. And it was always everyone was waiting for Julio Jones to break out, waiting for Julio Jones to get that big catch that gets him into the game, that gets them moving forward, to get some momentum for the rest of the season. It never really happened. So, but w- I think you're right with Tom Brady is that he will find a way to put that player in the position that he is great at, in terms of of his skill set, to make them back to the player that. They're probably not anymore. Julio Jones is probably past his prime, but he has that body still. And he has the set that's there. It just needs to be reintroduced in a different way to, to succeed.
1: From all the mic'd up footage I've seen the guys, when they listen to Tom, good things happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You
1: know, and he, all- he knows every little detail. He knows where everyone should be. He knows what everyone's going to do. Just listen to Tom, follow yeah. along with him, follow his lead and you'll have some success.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And so the Julio Jones is not the only wide receiver they picked up this offseason. Russell Gage from Atlanta, who was either their leading – he was their wide receiver one once Calvin Ridley went down uh, just for – he needed some mental health break. Um, But Russell, their wide receiving core now is probably the best in the league, right?
1: I mean, I I like Scott Miller too. He's got some – if he's the guy I'm thinking of, he's got some legs on him, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, and he's – him and even Tyler Johnson – somehow yeah. those guys play like they don't just go out on the field and give it five to ten plays they catch balls for tom brady yeah he finds them open so like mike it's looking at the death chart on tampa bay it's unbelievable the wide receivers they have mike evans all-star all pro chris godwin all pro russell gage number one wide receiver in Atlanta, has a lot to prove when he comes to Tampa Bay and has the skill set to do it. Julio Jones, who we know is a Hall of Famer. And then you have your Tyler Johnson and your Scotty Miller. They could put anybody in there and they'd be, this is an offensive team. And and let's talk about the tight ends as well. Uh, Cameron Great, who's coming back. And Kyle Rudolph, who was amazing for the Vikings for seven years. Like, And he's going to cover, so Gronk has retired. Gronk says he's not going to come back. His girlfriend thinks he'll come back. Says he's not going to come back, but Kyle Rudolph—they just signed him last week. He's a player.
1: Yeah, he's—he's he's
0: not a nobody. He's not a nobody. He's a name that I know. You know the name Kyle Rudolph, and he's a better player than some of the guys we we couldn't name on the Texans or the, or just the Texans really.
1: Yeah,
0: it's uh, pretty. And then Leonard Fournette's also back there, and he—he's been called fat this year, but he's—he's he's a player as well. So I would say, if we're just leading off talking about Tampa Bay, they're probably the favorites to win this division, right?
1: Definitely the favorites. I mean, let's, who's, who's going to give them a chance? Who's, who's going to give them a run for their money?
0: Well, that's, let's. I will tell you right now who I think might give them a run for their money. And I, I actually am curious to hear your opinion on this because I don't think it's going to be the same. I think that the New Orleans Saints could give Tampa Bay. They beat them twice last year. They beat them both times. They swept Tampa Bay last year.
1: Now remind me, who is the quarterback in those games?
0: In those games, I I don't know if Jameis played either of them, but Jameis Winston came out hot, and yeah. then I think Taysom Hill took over and someone else as well. I actually don't remember. I didn't watch a lot of New Orleans Saints games, but when Jameis Winston was playing, he was very good. Yeah, and so their defense beat Tampa, they had shut out Tampa. I think they beat them like forty two nothing one game. So New Orleans is still a defensive a great defensive team. Now yeah, their offensive. Aspect of the ball is not going to be as good because Sean Payton has retired. So there is a new coach who's Dennis Allen. I believe he was a you know, assistant coach for the Saints. Um, but the Michael Thomas is back. Marcus Callaway was good last year. They drafted Chris Olave out of Ohio State. Uh, Jarvis Landry is now in New Orleans. They got Traycon Swift. So their wide receiving core is not that bad either.
1: No, and then they got another wide receiver in the running back. Yeah,
0: uh, Alvin Kamara uh,
1: Yeah, Alvin Kamara That's another guy that can pick up some short
0: passes 100% and, But there is a little cloud There's a little cloud hanging over New Orleans Alvin Kamara allegedly Punched somebody uh, Assaulted somebody in Las Vegas last year During the Pro Bowl oh. Now his courtroom date is coming up very quick The NFL has not punished him at all Because they're waiting to see what happens with the court date We're seeing this with a couple players And uh, one other very prominent player in the NFL, but we don't need to talk about him right now. Um, So Alvin Kamara could face some type of um, penalty. I I don't know what it'll be. I don't know anything about it. All I know is that he found himself in trouble. Mark Ingram is the backup, but let's say Alvin Kamara does get five or six games taking away that running offense is probably a big deal for Jameis Winston, right?
1: I think so. I mean, Jameis Winston, I think he puts in the work off the field. I don't think he's a terrible quarterback. He's good. He'll make some big plays. He's yeah. just that consistency of you know, like he'll he'll turn some. He's got a lot of turnovers. No, well he did. he did. He right? did
0: He did when he was in Tampa Bay his last year in Tampa Bay. He threw the most touchdowns, but he also threw the most interceptions. Yeah. Now, he did get laser eye surgery since then. So can you chalk, can you just chalk it up to that?
1: The the only thing that boggles my mind is was it just he had no idea his vision was that bad or is this one of those things they're just making a little more of it than it was right well that's
0: what it could be because i'll defend either of those a lot of the times you do try to find something that will take away from your negative aspects of your career or your life so you'll blame it on something else or you'll find a reason like oh he didn't have this so that's probably why this happened or he couldn't do that this is why this happened but at the same time i haven't had my eyes checked in 10 years so i i could very well also be missing something that i'm not seeing um it's not an easy thing to because it's a gradual slowdown right like you're not not something you're going to notice right away
1: but here's my question when they do these physicals for the teams is do
0: yeah, you think it would be right it must be i think it would be i think it would be too i think that's a great point actually because why would you it seems like the first thing you'd fucking check would be you'd go in you'd say all right you're still this height your body fat is this. Let's see your eyesight. Let's check your ears. Like probably probably put a light pen in your eye. They make you do the letters test. It seems like easy stuff, right?
1: Yeah. Is Andy Dalton going to hit the
0: field at all? I was just about to ask you that same question. I don't think so. So the thing about Jameis Winston is he got hurt last year. I think no. Jameis Winston could win comeback player of the year this year if he does well because he was hurt last year and he missed a lot of games and the team has potential to do well. Andy Dalton is a great backup for them to have. Now, what I don't like about Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston, is the same thing I don't like about um, like Lamar Jackson and his backup or so, like Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love is if you have a guy like Jameis Winston who can throw the ball super deep and has a strong arm, You want the same type of guy. Whereas I feel like Andy Dalton's more of a system guy, a more of a system, like dump off here, dump off there. Cause a lot of times you see, like a lot of times you see guys who, who have, like if you had Michael Vick backed up by like Joey Harrington, that happened. It doesn't make sense. Michael Vick runs all over the place and creates plays. Joey Harrington just needs to dump the ball off just to get five or six yards. So I prefer when a backup quarterback, is the same type of player as the starting quarterback. And I just don't think Andy Dalton's that same type of guy.
1: No, I agree. You don't, I've never actually thought of it from that perspective, but how much is the onus on the quarterback? You know, if he's coming into the game or, you know, he's starting the next game and you know, he's going to ride out a few games. How much is the onus on the quarterback to adjust his game to match whatever the rest of the team's been doing? And how much is the onus on the rest of the team to just adjust for the quarterback? You know, I, I understand that's probably a team to team difference. Everyone's going to have their own discussion in the locker room about whose responsibility that is. But I get what you're saying. If everybody's been, you know, following a certain system, and now suddenly for one guy, we have to make some massive adjustments.
0: Yeah. And I, I'm not I, like James Winston's not running all over the place, but I think that he steps up in the pocket the better, and I think he's got a stronger arm and likes to throw a deeper ball. Whereas Andy Dalton, I think, is more of a like read real quick three seconds ball out of his hand, three seconds out of his hand. So it's that the onus might not even be on the players or the quarterback. The onus could be on the offensive coordinator calling the plays.
1: But that Andy Dalton with that Michael uh, Thomas combo, that's your guy for that quick three second throw.
0: Yeah, that 100%. That,
1: run that quick slant and just get that pass. That is your guy for that.
0: Yeah, because Michael Thomas I, I think is it confident. just
1: might also, you know, it, it might also just uh, change who's going to get more production, right?
0: That's right. And with Chris Olave, the rookie, he's going to take away some of the pressure from Michael. Also, Michael Thomas has not played last year.
1: He did not play. And was it the season before that he was the top receiver in the league?
0: Yeah. he was. Well, he was like a top five receiver, yeah. But he also got hurt towards the end of the season, which is why he didn't play last year, correct? Yeah. So how do you know he's still that same guy? You never know. Especially if they went out to get – they drafted Chris Olave and then they signed Jarvis Landry as well, who Jarvis Landry is a great wide receiver. I like him. Yeah. So this the wide receiver depth on New Orleans is not that far off from the Tampa Bay wide receiver depth. It's just there's a main cog in that wheel is is Jameis Winston as good as Tom Brady. The answer there is no. But can James Winston hold his own enough to not lose that game? He just has to not lose the game for them because Alvin Kamara is better than Leonard Fournette, right? For
1: sure.
0: Yeah. So who's, whose defense who's better is better? Defense? Who's if got the the better, better defense is probably it's probably New Orleans is probably what yeah. they won twice last year. Yeah.
1: But what yeah. do you like? In tight ends. You know now, Taysom Hill. He's a full time tight
0: end now. He's a full time tight end now. I have never liked Taysom Hill. I think Tyson Hill was a gimmick forever, and I think he got figured out. And I think it's over for him is what I personally think. But um, as a quarterback, I think just as a player, like the reason that he was good is it's like the it's, if you have a guy on the field who could be taking a snap and throwing the ball or could play tight end, then the defense has to account for both. But if you have a guy that's like now strictly just a tight end, it's like, okay, he's just a tight end. He's not going to throw the ball 10 times a game. He might throw the ball once every three games, but that threat is gone, so you don't have to play them the same defensively. You can just play him as a tight end. No,
1: right now, do you not think that with the coaching change, that might be devastating for him because he probably isn't going to get utilized the same way as Sean Payton?
0: Utilizing- I hundred percent agree, and I think that's I think Tayson Hill is, I think he's a nobody after this season. I think he's just another guy that that had a moment that did not was not able to keep up with the progression of what defenses were doing against him. If that makes any sense at all. And I yeah. think that, I think that the Sean Payton loss is the biggest coaching loss of the off season. Oh, for sure. Like he's just unbelievable. Like it's, it's that whole offense is going to run completely different. Now I keep in mind, I don't know anything about Dennis Allen, the new coach, but I know that he's not Sean Payton.
1: No. And I mean, it's, I don't think another, Hall of Fame level coach like that retired this past year, the past two years, no?
0: No, the only guy I can think of is actually the guy in Tampa Bay, uh, Bruce Arians, who just won the Super Bowl with them. He took a step back. So he's still with a team, but he's not head coach of them. So they have Todd Bowles as their new head coach now. But I don't think that that offensive system takes a a hit as much as the, the New Orleans. I think Sean Payton was everything to the New Orleans Saints, whereas Bruce Arians was kind of the guy at the right time. And then he kind of now the other guys are stepping up, so he can take a reserve role and just kind of be in the front office.
1: And just since you mentioned Bruce Arians, little you know tangent from that Antonio Brown done completely, never seen him step on the field in the NFL again.
0: Yeah, I don't see why they would sign Antonio Brown.
1: I, neither do I. I mean, it just for a guy who he quit mid game. I I don't see that happening. But I mean, he blamed it on Bruce Arians, did he not?
0: He blamed. Yeah, he did. He, so he yeah. said he was hurt. His ankle was hurt. And, um, Bruce Arians and the coaching staff were telling him to go in. You got to go in. And he kept saying, no, I can't. I'm hurt. So they said, okay, well, they didn't believe him. So they went to the dress room. Like it was a little bit of a, a mix up and I don't know what, who, or what is to believe. But my whole thing is about that. Even if he is hurt, he, he wasn't hurt when he was sprinting off the field and doing, and like jumping around, no, but you quit on Tom Brady. The only reason that you are there. Is because Tom Brady said, Go get Antonio Brown. I want Antonio I Brown. Do. You quit on the best player, the best guy in the Hall of Fame when he's done, the best player to ever play the game. You gave up on him. So stuck
1: his neck out for you.
0: Yeah. So if you give up on him, who's gonna pick you up? You're gonna to go to like Tennessee and Ryan Tannehill's gonna be like, Oh, yeah, let's get Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's gonna go, that's the quarterback. Get me out of here. He's not Tom Brady. It's just a weird. It was a whole weird thing, but I think yeah, I think Antonio Brown is done, um, unless someone gets super super desperate. I just I don't see it happening.
1: No, I agree. I I, I think he uh, he sealed his own. Uh, what is it? Nailed his own coffin with that move.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now there's two other teams in this division. They both probably stink, but one of them's trying to do the right thing. One of them's trying to win. Carolina. Carolina. So. Carolina probably has a head coach and Matt rule who shouldn't be their head coach anymore. The entire fan base is wanting him to leave. He's still in there. They've now have three, they have a somehow they've found themselves in a situation where they have three quarterbacks that the entire fan base could make an argument for. You have um, who was there? Sam Darnold, who started last year, who is a third hey, overall pick. And he came from the jets. Third overall pick supposed to be good. Kind of gets the raw um, kind of gets the uh, the raw end of the stick. Wherever he goes, he hasn't had a chance to make himself a name yet. And then they go out and they draft Matt Coral out of Ole Miss, I believe, uh, somewhere like that, where he's supposed to be a guy. He's supposed to be an up and coming quarterback with the talent level to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. So okay, so we got Sam we got Sam Darnold to start. He'll teach Matt Coral for a bit. We'll see what Matt Coral has. Might put him in. Then they go out and they get Baker Mayfield. Now, Baker Mayfield was in the same draft as Sam Darnold, but he went first overall. Who do you like as quarterback of this team for, let's say, 14 out of the 17 games?
1: I mean, I, I feel that it's known that Baker Mayfield started. No?
0: Is I would say so. A... Now, the difference is... That's
1: not guaranteed, okay.
0: It's not guaranteed. Carolina is paying Baker Mayfield $9 million this year. They are paying Sam Darnold eighteen million dollars this year. Does that matter? No, I don't think so either.
1: I don't think it matters because wins more.
0: Wins matter more, right? You're going to pay these guys regardless, so wins matter.
1: It's a sunk cost either way. You're paying whether he sits, you're paying whether he plays. It's a sunk cost.
0: Exactly. So whoever gets you more wins is going to balance out both those. It's going to make you look better for Baker's nine mil. It'll make you look worse for Sam's if he's on the bench, but you're winning more games, so the cost. Evaluation is it works out in your favor?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if I recall correctly, Sam Donald he had decent stats to start the season, and then he just kind of fell off.
0: Yeah, I think they won the first three. They won their first three games, and then they. Not just
1: wins. I mean, just like completions and all you know, all those like QB ratings, all those little stats. I think yeah, he's not a bad
0: he's not a bad quarterback. Like statistically, you could find flaws in his number, and in the video, you can find flaws in his game, but. He hasn't, like, the same with Baker. Like, well, I don't know why people are shitting all over Baker all the time. He took the Cleveland Browns in the playoffs, and he beat the Steelers. Like, I've always then-
1: thought this about Baker. He's not a bad, he's, if you have, what, you have 32 teams in the NFL? Yep. He's not
0: the 32nd worst quarterback. No, he's probably a top 20 quarterback.
1: That, that's funny. I, mean. I just don't think he's not the guy that's going to pull a win out of his hat. He's a good game game maintainer. He's not going to lose you the game he's not going to win you the game. He's just Uh, that kind of middle ground quarterback.
0: Yeah. He's a, he's a guy that's not, I agree with that. He's not going to, he's not going to win you 10 games, but he's also not going to lose you five.
1: Yeah. But so that, I think they start him.
0: I think he wins. I think this is a genuine quarterback competition going into training camp between all three of them. And I think Matt Carroll has probably Baker and Sam are one, a one B. And I think Matt Carroll is probably the third. Guy on that list, but I think Baker does win. He's a better quarterback, and he has proven ability to win, get, like to win in the playoffs, to take a team into the yeah. playoffs. Where Sam Darnold does not have that. No, and it's, it's not like it's not like oh Baker made people for, played for the Patriots, so that's why they went to playoffs. It's, no, Darnold played for the Jets. Baker played for Cleveland. Two terrible franchises over the last twenty years. And Baker was able to take one of those to the playoffs. Sam Darnold was not able to do that. Both of them in the same amount of time in the NFL.
1: Having said that, the talent level on Cleveland at that time was far superior than the Jets.
0: Yes, I will agree with that completely. And the funny thing is that Carolina brought over one of those Jets in Robbie Anderson as their wide receiver who played with Darnold. So they haven't really upgraded. They got DJ Moore, who was pretty good. But then the next up is Robbie Anderson. Now, and just did you since hear- we're
1: on the quarterbacks. What's that? Just, a little, just since we're on the quarterbacks, a little fun yeah. fact. I don't know if he's still with the team, but they have a gentleman by the name of PJ Walker. Yeah, now, he's still if there. If I remember correctly, he's a leftover man from the XFL. Is he not?
0: He might be one of the few, yes.
1: I think he was the only guy that actually got a contract with the NFL and stuck around after the XFL.
0: At, for the this long. He, the guy, he hate me. Rod Smart. Rod Smart, I think yeah, this
1: install this installment of the XFL, not the the the, the original one. There's a, the second uh, iteration.
0: Is that is that already passed and gone? Are we are we about to have our third iteration of the XFL? We're
1: about to have third XFL. Jesus, That's... never done more than a season.
0: No, I, how could you? It's it's glad, I, you
1: know, I I feel bad for the last one because the last one was actually doing decently. It was that COVID hit and it just ended the season mid season. you know they had no choice but to shut down. They just couldn't keep
0: going. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's still, yeah. we'll see how it goes. Oh, the Rock's in charge of it now. So, you know, it's going to succeed.
1: Yeah. But I mean, uh, so they did some stuff. They, they became an NFL affiliate in some way. So I think they're kind of making some moves. Yeah. That's making good, some yeah. moves, to, like legitimize the league. But anyway.
0: Yeah. I don't think PJ Walker starts, makes the team. I don't think PJ Walker makes the team, that being said, because of un- these other three unlikely. guys. Unlikely. yeah,
1: Unlikely. Now, the biggest question, their potential star player. Yep. Does he, can he play a full
0: season? Well, this. so I was looking into this when I was preparing for this conversation. Christian McCaffrey is obviously who we're talking about. So he's been hurt the last two seasons, has not played. He had an ACL tear, I believe it was the first season. And then last year it was just hamstring and ankle, not serious stuff, but enough to keep him out. The first three seasons of it, this is his sixth season coming up. So the, two, the last two seasons he's been hurt. The first three seasons, he never missed a game. Not one.
1: I think in college, he missed one game as well. In
0: college, he only missed one game. Out of three years, he only missed one game. And then he came to the NFL and played three straight seasons, not missing a game. And now he's starting to get hurt. So I, coming into today, said, this guy's always going to be hurt. Not going to touch him on my fantasy teams. I'm not going to, I would not touch him. I would not expect him to play at a high level for more than 10 games if I was on the Carolina Panthers. But then I read those statistics and I was like, oh, maybe these are just flukes. But the more I think about it as well, is that this just might be the fact that because he played every game in college and because he played every game in the first three years of the NFL, maybe now is just that time his body is breaking down.
1: It also could be he was a workhorse by the definition of workhorse.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, like there was a couple of seasons there where every Carolina Panthers highlight reel and he had a highlight every game was just him. He was carrying the team. Absolutely. There was nobody else doing anything, and Absolutely. just you know, you use them on every down, every down. Eventually, you're just going to break a guy.
0: 100. And we talked about this last last uh, last episode yeah. with uh, the uh, Tennessee Henry. with Derrick Henry. Like it's eventually is going to break down. Is just when will it break down? And yeah. also in the NFL, when it does break down, breaks down very quickly.
1: Yeah. Now, who's their uh, running back number two? Is it Foreman?
0: Sad. It'll be between Chuba Hubbard, who was the number two last year and Dante Foreman, yeah. who was with Tennessee last year that covered it for Derek Henry. So they got like Chuba Hubbard wasn't bad in fill in spots. He was, he was actually a, like a decent running back that was able to hold the, the, for whatever analogy we want to use. He was able to hold down the fort for when Christian McCaffrey was gone, but he's not an all-star. Like he's not an all pro player. He's good. He's decent. He can hit, pick up his blocks. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, but he's not Chris McCaffrey. He's probably one of the top five running backs talent wise without being injured in the NFL.
1: I have faith because I think he's a good guy. I think he takes his uh, training seriously. I don't think he's just, you know, happy to be an NFL superstar and, you know, he's like, whatever, it's going downhill. You know, he comes from a football family. And he seemed like he worked hard his whole life. And I think he wants a little more out of his career. Yeah. I think he's got the drive, and I think he's going to put in the work and like try and keep himself healthy. It's just somebody else needs to be doing well, one of the other running backs, to take the workload away from him, right?
0: Yes, there needs to, needs to be somebody that does not require Christian McCaffrey to run the ball 35 times a game. If he can yeah. run the ball 20 times a game and Chuba or Foreman can run the other 15, 10 to 15 no. times, that's going to be beneficial for everybody in the long run. And, and,
1: you know, especially like for the short game of the short yards, just when you know you're just going to be smashing in. Yeah. You don't want to use them on every, you know. No, you need I, somebody else to take some of that abuse.
0: I agree. And so the, this is uh, a little thing that I always found interesting about Carolina before we get off Carolina. Uh, Robbie Anderson, the guy with the wide receiver we were talking about earlier, who played with Sam Darnot in the, uh for the New York Jets. So when these rumors were going around about Sam uh, sorry, um, Baker Mayfield getting traded to the Panthers from Cleveland. Something came up on Instagram saying the Panthers are rumored to trade for Baker Mayfield. Robbie Anderson made a comment on that saying, no, N-O-O-O-O, all cats. Now he has to play with Baker in that dressing room. Do you think that affects anything?
1: You know what? I think – it kind of puts the onus on one of them to, you know, step it up and show that, like prove the other guy wrong. But, you know, the guys talk trash all the time. I'm sure really? like, you know, like players have talked trash just, you know, to the depths when they're against each other and they find themselves on the same team. And they just got to find a way to figure it out.
0: But would you I make think that? I can overcome it. Do you I make that comment? It. Do you make that? Sure. But do you make that comment knowing that rumors like that don't just come out of nowhere? There's actually usually where there's smoke, there's fire. So if you're Robbie Anderson, what do you think made him make that comment? I
1: think he just didn't think before he made the comment. He just went off pure emotion, not thinking like, well, I'm going to have to work with this person now.
0: You know? Sure. Now, the, you do, know, I, do you I think don't want that... to get
1: into another division, but it was uh, when Tyreek Hill was making comments about his new quarterback, Tua, being better than Mahomes. Um, and again, a lot of it's just to do with you can't, bring down the guy that's your quarterback now in the room, right? Okay. so that's you why think that- Robbie Anderson made a mistake. Just keep your opinions to yourself there. You don't want to cause a rift between you and your quarterback, because it also might even just be, if he's a little bit selfish, he's not going to throw to you.
0: Exactly. So maybe, do you think that Robbie Anderson was defending Sam Darnold as his quarterback in those rumors? And he was going, no, let me go publicly defend my guy who I played with in New York, because him and I have chemistry together.
1: It, again, it could be, but it just for the you know why well, outside do it. of being in that inner circle, it doesn't come off that way because no. you know it, it didn't he didn't mention anything about uh Darnold. And also if you have faith in your guy, you got faith in your guy. It doesn't matter who they bring in. You you back up your boy.
0: That's, I agree with that. I, there's no reason yeah. to do it publicly like that, especially because Robbie Anderson is not a good wide receiver.
1: His hands are always been a little bit questionable, in my opinion. He's got He's speed. He's super
0: fast, but speed doesn't do any, doesn't mean anything if you can't stop. We've all seen Mighty Ducks. Speed doesn't mean anything if you can't stop. Robbie Anderson can run down the field as fast as he wants, but if he can't catch the ball, what does it matter? I always hate when guys who have subpar talent compared to the rest of their peers are the ones that are the most outlandish with what they say and why they say it. It's one thing for Terrell Owens to make all the comments he made about his quarterbacks and his teams. Kind of, he is known as an, like one of the ultimate wide receiver divas, but he's in the hall of fame. Robbie Anderson has nowhere. He is not going to the hall of fame. He's not going to the average of fame. He's I, so have I One I or two what,
1: big games a season and that's it.
0: Yeah. And those will come off two balls, two deep balls that he just sprints to get. So I don't, I just don't know what guys like that make. Like you're, sub, you're subpar, but you're below average player. Why are you making this comment?
1: I mean, it's a common human thing for a lot of the population. They don't think of the long term effects of what they do, they think they just in the short term. Yeah. That's and at the end of the day, for him, if you have a better quarterback, these can be better for you. You can have better production with a better quarterback. I agree. Now,
0: I agree. Baker, and Baker Mayfield's a co- better quarterback, right?
1: And Baker Mayfield's got a lot better long bomb than uh, Sam Darnold. Am I wrong?
0: I don't know. Because you can yeah. actually, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's funny you say that because if you look at the video that uh, Odell Beckham Sr. put out, he's thrown a lot of short balls to Obell, Odell Beckham wide open. But that's an interesting point. Like maybe Sam Darnold has a better long ball. I don't know yeah. the answer to that, to be honest. Baker's but got I, the
1: arm. I mean, yeah. if you're just measuring the distance, you know, who's got the power? Baker's got a longer arm, better arm, no?
0: I I think so, yes. And also, like, you can't go off last year. If anyone throws throws any videos out from last year, he had a broken collarbone. The entire part of his body from his, let's say, his chest up is not moving properly because of a broken shoulder broken collarbone so you can't expect a guy to throw that extra 15 yards if none of that stuff is coinciding with it with the rest of it yeah i'm not a doctor but i feel like just being an old guy i can kind of figure that out
1: for sure it's
0: um just the mechanics that's right it's just the mechanics so <laughs> it's it's a shame we even have to talk about this team but i actually i don't hate the atlanta falcons as a team overall in history times like I was a huge fan of Michael Vick. Um, and uh, like for a long time. And they actually have very cool uniforms. Didn't uh, I was they big have fit. Brett Favre. I hate Brett Favre, but he got traded from that. That's not <laughs> I'm never. they also him.
1: have uh,
0: Dion? Yeah, they had Dion Sanders, I mean, they absolutely
1: had some good players in history. They, they, do. Players.
0: they absolutely did. So uh Warwick Dunn, another one, loved him. I think yeah. he was late earlier or later in his career, I believe. Anyways, I might have made myself look like an idiot there. He was but, there
1: with Vic, no? Uh,
0: he might have been. There's another guy that had. But either way, we. I actually, it would be more fun to talk about the history of the the Atlanta Falcons because this new team that they have stinks. Can There's,
1: I yeah. bring up one little point just before I get that? Because I want to say the same thing. Like their team is terrible. Now, I read a, kind of an interesting stat. And again, this is poor management. But. They have the most dead salary on their team than any other team in the league right now. And that's going to make it impossible for them to rebuild for a little bit. So as much as they probably want to get better, they're they're just, they're not getting better anytime soon.
0: Yeah. They'll have a tough time getting free agents with that. Right. Yeah. So they're going through the draft. Like they just drafted Drake London wide receiver supposed to be very good. But they have like Calvin Ridley's been suspended this year because he gambled $1,500 on the NFL, which I yeah. don't get me started on that. I think that is so dumb, not on his part, but on the NFL to like, the guy wasn't playing. So he placed three, he had family members place three $500 yeah. bets. I don't think that's worth a year suspension.
1: I mean, we could get into the whole Pete Rose thing too. Yeah, we could. It, I, I it, Pete it, Rose. Hey, I'm Pete
0: Rose pro hall of fame. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame, if you ask me. But that's a baseball talk. I get it. Yeah. So get it. looking at the offense for the Atlanta Falcons, because we've been heavy offense uh, in this podcast episode, they re-signed Cordell Patterson, who has found his stride, his position, his what he does best with the Atlanta Falcons. Running back, wide receiver, um, very much like – Debo Samuel in San Francisco. Cordell Patterson's kind of the OG when it comes to that. You have now is he also returning kicks? I don't think he's doing that anymore, but that's where he no, started. That's where he got his career start with Minnesota. Yeah. He was drafted as a high-level wide receiver, stunk, returned kicks, then Atlanta kind of put him in the running back position, and now they're like, Oh, you can actually pat or catch out of the the out of the wings. So he's kind of all over the place. Who's throwing them the ball, though? Is the question.
1: Is it Mariota to start is that kind of the consensus? Kind of, the,
0: I think today actually, today is July 28th, and I think today they came out and said Marcus Mariota is going to be the starting quarterback for the rest of the offseason training camp and going into week one of the NFL or preseason and then into week one of the NFL season. Now that could change at any moment. Desmond Ritter is, I think, a third round uh quarterback. I think he was third round, yeah, he was probably fourth or fifth taken. He's okay, I mean. No one coming out of college thought that he was going to be amazing, but he's a guy that has one of those potential to be great um, elements. Marcus Mariota has never played a full season of NFL in his career. He gets hurt every single year. So why would he not get hurt this year?
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I, I feel like within the division, is there one aspect of football that Atlanta is not the worst in the division—defense, no. offense, special teams—you know, uh, pass rushing, uh, offensive line, defensive line, whatever you name it? Like what? what?
0: I will, I will name it. Young Ho Koo, their kicker.
1: Kicker, I, I might be. Love your kicker.
0: He might be the best in the division.
1: Yeah. They do have a good kick. I like him. Now, they do have the one name of Kyle Pitts, who people are saying is a very good talent. Yes. But again, I mean, like, it just, I've never seen a tight end take over a game like that with nobody else. That's right. You know,
0: every tight end that's been very good has a wide receiver or a running back or a quarterback that's equally as good. So that is kind of Kyle Pitts' downfall now. Is that who's who's throwing the ball? Why are they not? Every team's going to double team Kyle Pitts, right? Why would you not? You'd have a, a nickel back on him plus a linebacker that'll sting him at the line, and then he'll be covered at five seven yards off the line. And I feel like he's just going to be shadowed the entire game. You got, we don't know what Drake London's going to do. And, and then you have Marcus Mariota throwing in the ball. Like it just, it's so many wild cards and you can't give Cordell Patterson 50 running plays or 50 and passes out of the back. Like he's going to get beat up.
1: Is he the number one running back?
0: Yeah. He's their running? guy. He's, he's the number one person on offense. This, this, this whole offense runs through Cordell Cord, Daryl Patterson. Yeah. This is a bad way. It's a bad way to go. Like, I don't know why they spent so much money getting him. I know why is because he's a great player, but, and he fits their system so well. But if you're in a rebuild mode, what's the point of holding onto a guy like this? It doesn't make sense unless you're trying to trade him for assets.
1: I mean, yeah, I'm just looking through this list and there's just not a lot of names here.
0: No, it's that, it's a bad football team.
1: Yeah, there's not a lot of hope. No, I can say like this is this might be the worst team in the NFL this year.
0: Well, we talked about the Texans recently. Do you think they're worse than the yeah. Texans?
1: That's a tough one. I, I, can I think the
0: Jaguars are better than the Jaguars are better than the Falcons.
1: As time goes on, I got more and more faith in the Jaguars.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. The more the by the by the beginning of the season on this podcast, we're gonna be full Jaguar fans. Oh yeah. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I just I, I mean, like you you don't have anything in your quarterback room.
0: No, no, you don't. You and don't it's have those... about
1: Baker Mayfield, the 32nd worst quarterback in the league. I I might put maybe Marcus More. I have to go through the list, but Mike, Marcus Mariota might be number 33.
0: On in the in the quarterback in the NFC South
1: in the league, I'm saying
0: like you got 32 oh. teams. Oh,
1: that's he might be the 33rd worst quarterback in the league. I'd have to go through. I can't say that as a fact, but I
0: no, it's a it's a it's a bold statement, but it might not be a wrong statement. Yeah, because you got to well, you got to think Denver's quarterbacks suck, which we'll get to in a, in a future. Would you
1: role. rather Sam Darnold or Baker over Marcus Marietta?
0: I would take Sam Darnold or Baker. Both I would take them both over Marcus Mariota.
1: Right. Uh James Winston or Dalton or Mariota.
0: Oh, James, I think James Winston is a it's going to be a very good quarterback this year. I think that right. if the New Orleans Saints win the division, I think James Winston wins the MVP.
1: My point is that a lot of teams in their division have two quarterbacks better than their starting quarterback over in Atlanta.
0: Right. Yeah, that I, I wouldn't agree with that statement. There's a lot of teams that have two very good quarterbacks that I would rather have over Atlanta's quarterback. No, I
1: mean I, I, I don't think this has ever come up. Who's the backup in uh, Tampa Bay right now?
0: Uh, that's a good question. I have no idea. Let me here. I got it up right here. The backup in Tampa Bay. They drafted a guy. Forget his name. Uh, okay, Blaine Gabbert is the backup in which he's not good. And then Kyle Trask is the guy. He hasn't played played in a long time. Um, And then Kyle Trask is the guy they drafted uh, in the second round two years ago. When they first got Tom Brady, they went out and drafted a guy. His name is Kyle Trask. And if they had any belief that Kyle Trask was going to be good, they would not have gone out and got Blaine Gabbert.
1: And that's saying a lot because. uh... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I can't remember Blaine Gabbard ever starting since Jaguars days.
0: Yeah, I think he probably started with San Francisco before they got um Trey Lance, before they went out and drafted Trey Lance. He was probably it was probably Garoppolo and Blaine Gabbard, I think was the last time uh he probably played, but I can't I don't know that for sure.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't know that for sure. But yeah, we only got a few minutes left here on our 45 minute timer. Um Let's quickly go over the win losses. So Atlanta, the projected total of wins, five over or under. Under. I agree with that statement. Carolina Panthers, six point five over or under.
1: I like that. I'm 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 gonna go under because I think six wins.
0: I think I think it's six wins as well. So we got two under. So less than five for the Falcons, less than six point five. We both think six for the Carolina Panthers. New Orleans Saints, eight wins total projection over or under i'm going over i'm going over too
1: i was thinking maybe 10
0: i was nine. thinking 10 as well i think they go over and i think it's a great bet actually i might go out and place a bet on that now um and then tampa bay buccaneers win total production 11.5 so last year they won last year they won 10 the year before that they won 12 i think or no last year they won 12 the year before that they won ten. Eleven
1: 11.5 i think 11 maybe but you know what
0: It's tough. It's just 17-game season. It is tough
1: because, I mean, eventually, Tom Brady has to decline.
0: Well, you would think so, but he was second second overall in MVP last year.
1: I get that. I'm not saying it has to be this year. I just think think he's also a smart enough guy to walk away before he's completely just, you know, terrible, and nobody wants him. All right, well. He wants to walk away with a little grace.
0: Well, let's do this real quick. In this program, we will have, when we get into the season, we're going to have timeouts. Each of us will get three timeouts. I'm just going to, our timer is up right now at 45 minutes. I'm going to use a timeout. I'm going to go through the regular season opponents for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You tell me win or loss for each one, and we will see how many it it adds up to. How's that sound? All right. So first week, we have the Dallas Cowboys. Win, Win or loss. Win. We got the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. Loss. Okay. Uh, we have Green Bay at uh, at home in Tampa Bay. Loss. Really? Then we have Kansas City at home in Tampa Bay. I also want to say loss. Okay. I I I I won't agree with you on some of these, but this is this is for you. Uh, Atlanta in Tampa Bay. Win. Okay. We got uh, Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Win. We have Carolina uh, in Carolina. The
1: it's
0: win. The a win. Baltimore uh, at home.
1: Going to overtime, but they're going to win.
0: Going into overtime, but they're going to win. Okay. Uh, then we have the Rams.
1: Oh, that's a tough
0: one. In Tampa Bay.
1: I think they lose.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, Seattle in Tampa Bay. Win. Then there's a bye week, and then there's Cleveland in Cleveland. Win. Uh, New Orleans in Tampa Bay. That's the win. San Francisco in San Francisco. They win. Cincinnati in Tampa. I think they can win Arizona
1: uh, in Arizona win
0: Carolina at home
1: win I'm starting to think one of these last ones I said win might be a loss Yeah, oh, yeah. Win.
0: that's all right You've, you made these are these are by your gut decision so the last game is Atlanta in Atlanta win. that's 12 wins yeah,
1: so I think one more loss. Put them at so, 11. But that's
0: that's the over-under is 11.5. So your gut so instinct said under. that it's over, and now you're trying to go back and go under? You can't do that. That's gambling, baby.
1: No, but I called it before. Before we got to the end, I called it. One of those wins should be a loss. Like maybe There's Arizona probably
0: going to be two or three of those wins that are going to be losses, but two or three that are going to turn out to be wins as well. Yeah.
1: I think 11 wins. I put them at 11 wins.
0: I put them at 12. I'm going to go with you, actually, because some of yours I disagreed with, but I think the ones you got wrong, you eventually ended up getting the other ones wrong. So it switches out. It works out itself. But um, no, I actually kind of like that game. We should do that more often. But
1: to be fair, we haven't reviewed a lot of these other divisions, so it was kind of tough to go through in my head with my gut.
0: Well, that's why it's your gut. You're not supposed to review things. It's your gut. You just go with what it is. (laughs) well folks thank you for listening to us whether you're going to work or you're just at home or you're cleaning you're doing chores or you're sitting on your patio have a beer we thank you for being with us puya anything else to say to the fans
1: no thank you so much and uh, it was great to be here tonight
0: we will see everyone on or we will talk to everybody you won't talk to us but we will reach out to all of you on the next running down the clock podcast thank you so much i'm tyler walczak have a great day Running Down the Clock is brought to you by The Ordinary Podcast Network and is every Thursday running until the week after the Super Bowl. We hope you enjoyed enough to subscribe and tune in again next week.